And I remember thinking, even at a young age, I was like, oh, this is like larger in scope. It seems like than, it, yeah. And you're like, man, we're going to get like this huge epic yeah. alien movie, you know? Yeah. And that was going to be different from these like more intimate stories yeah. that he told with, you know, Unbreakable and Sixth Sense. Yeah. Um, and I think the tagline was, it's happening. Yeah. And you were like, oh, what's, what's happening? What's happening? I'm in. <laughs> Hey everyone, Chandler Patterson here. Welcome to the Jesus on Display podcast. Before we begin our content, I wanted to say thanks for supporting us here at Fellowship Greenville with your gifts and generosity. Because of your giving, we get to share resources like this podcast with you to help reach you wherever you are in your life with Jesus. If you'd like to support the ministry of Fellowship Greenville, you can head to fellowshipgreenville.org forward slash give to get started. Thanks so much for your support and we hope you enjoy this episode. Similar to when someone shares their story, movies have a way of making us feel connected in one collective setting. Uh, I think books can have the same effect, but everyone kind of runs with their own imagination concerning different components on the page. Uh, Characters might look or feel different, environments are painted in a very specific way, uh, which is all dependent on a viewer's imagination. And movies can bring people together for someone's cinematic vision, a director's cinematic vision and scope. Mm. Um, Audiences are handed the visuals. They're literally gift-wrapped for the people that are watching it. Uh, They don't necessarily have to imagine the visuals. And ultimately, our goal when we discuss these kinds of stories, and movies specifically, is to remind ourselves that we aren't defined by what's happened to us or what we've done, uh, but what's been done for us through Jesus' work on the cross. Um, With that said... Johnny, what's the story we're yeah. going to be diving into today? Uh, the best of stories other oh, than the gospel. Uh, the movie selection for this episode is M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, Signs. Uh, <laughs> written, produced, and directed by him. Yes. Uh, we hinted at the possibility of discussing this one in our episode on why storytelling is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you missed that one, it gives you a little more context as to why we're pursuing these kinds of episodes. Uh, if you'd like, you can revisit that one by clicking the link. It's actually in the description of today's episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get started, if you haven't seen this particular movie, uh, we encourage you to hold off on listening to the full episode and skip over to the end where we give a final review along with a family-friendly rating and then uh, what we're calling a gospel lens rating. That'll give you an idea of what to expect as far as content goes and whether or not we deem it Appropriate for family viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right at the beginning here, spoiler alert. Yes, warning. spoiler. Uh, yeah, if you're a little older and somehow missed this one when it was released in 2002, um, please, please, please do yourself a favor. Please do it. Find some time to watch it mm-hmm. uh, because the last thing we want is to spoil a movie for you, especially this one. It goes against the code. It is against the code. Yeah. This is uh, my number one movie of all time. Yeah. I definitely don't want to spoil this one. So uh, go give it a watch and come on back to this episode to learn a little more about finding the gospel within the story. So uh, you've officially been warned. Big spoilers from here on out. Big spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that content specifically of what is involved and what's happening in the movie... Um, I love hearing about first viewing experiences yeah. from, from when a movie comes out and, you know, we're a certain age when they're released and they hit us differently yeah, at different times. because like you said, uh, <clears throat> it's catered for audiences. It's like, this is an experience intended to be viewed yep. together with people. So. Yep. So my first experience, uh, it was one of those times, you know, you're, 
I'm almost a teenager and uh, hanging out with a couple of buddies. But one one friend in, in particular, his name was Taylor Hendrick. Uh, so Taylor, if you're listening to this, if you ever hear this, I'm glad we got a chance to be <laughs> scared together during this one, especially for those standout jolt scenes. Yeah. Um, I remember the theater being packed out. Like we were walking in, and it, this was in uh, Gastonia, North Carolina, good old Gastown, and uh, we were at the. <laughs> Regal uh, Franklin Square Stadium 14. Mm. And I remember walking in, and the line to go to the movies back then usually was pretty long because you couldn't reserve your seat ahead of time. Like You mm-hmm. just had to show up and hope that you got a seat or a ticket. Um, we walked in, and I remember people talking on the way in uh, that this was their second viewing. Like They were coming back to see it a second time, and I was like, oh my goodness. Like I, So the anticipation was building mm-hmm. because of what we had seen before with M. Night's work in, yeah, yeah. in uh, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. And oh, So he had he had made a name for himself, which we were pretty amped about it. And uh, yeah, every, every scene that is building tension, that is, you know, the rise and fall, the ramping up of tense mm-hmm. moments and character character building and world building like it, it and was the, the classic Shyamalan twists yeah at the end where you're like oh yep. this you're, is what this you're gonna is see this big reveal yep. yeah in the intro too man like if, if you've ever seen this movie and if you haven't just know that like the score and the music is James one Newton of Howard. the best genius yeah one of the best ever one of my personal favorites like I absolutely love it I, mm-hmm. you know every October rolls around and it's spooky season so I'm like man I gotta queue up that intro yeah uh, so from that moment on like when you're pulled in with just like text treatment uh, and this like light blue background it's almost like a telescopic yeah. look yeah. into this background and you're getting just text on screen yeah. and this score building and it's building anticipation for what you're about to watch and I remember me and my buddy Taylor were just like, what have we gotten ourselves into? Yeah, there's there's such minimal visuals on yeah. that intro. It's and, brilliant. And it builds tension so well yeah. just from the score and, and the text treatment. Yeah. We uh so from that moment on, like we we were we were in. Mm-hmm. Like we the anticipation was building and we were not disappointed in our experience. The audience was both loving it, but also just like really tuning into the emotions in this movie. Because oh, it's, yeah. un- it's unexpected. Yeah. Like you're like, man, this is gonna pack a dramatic punch. Yeah. Um, but we loved it. Like, and I, I, I wish I would have gotten a second time to go back and, and see it in the theater again. But uh, when they, you know, marketed it again to release mm-hmm. it on DVD back then, uh, I remember like wanting to go yeah. snag a copy because and even it so like uh, I don't know if you remember the uh, the movie poster that was released. Um, there were a couple of them. Yeah. One of them was <clears throat> like from outer space, mm-hmm. and it was the globe. Yep. And it had like the the crop circle shape right. over the globe. Yep. And I remember thinking, even at a young age, I was like, "Oh, this is like larger in scope." It seems like, than, it. yeah. And you're like, "Man, we're gonna get like this huge epic yeah. alien movie, you know?" Yeah. And that was gonna be different from these like more intimate stories. Yeah. That he told with you know Unbreakable and Sixth Sense. Yeah. Um, and I think the tagline was, "It's happening." Yeah. And you were like, oh, "What's what's happening? what's happening? I'm in." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, first viewing experience was like uh, similar to you. Um, the Brush family had four boys. There was the Griner family had four boys as well. We hung out all the time. Mm-hmm. And like you, we had seen Six Sense and Unbreakable, and we were like, man, this guy's two for two for so so far, and, and yep. we're super excited to see what this is going to be about. And I remember being struck by the fact that it was like, oh, yet again, this this isn't as grand in scope as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's another intimate story. Um but it's calling my mind over and over again to these huge, massive, like life-altering ideas. Mm-hmm. And but one of the Griner boys, his name is Andre. 
uh, had this tick when he was watching scary movies where he'd chew on his shirt. And uh, he was just nibbling on the hem at the beginning, especially when Bo comes up and goes, there's a monster outside my room. Can I have a glass of water? And he was like, here it comes. I know. It's going to be a scary moment. And uh, that first, that first like, it's such a subtle jump scare oh, of so the well alien on the roof. Mm-hmm. But uh, he had this little girly like, ah, yeah, oh. when, when it happened. And I was like, oh, we're going to be in for it. And by the end of the, the movie, it was like soaking wet. Yeah. Clearly darker material yeah. all the way down to his belly button. Yeah. He, had, he had soaked his shirt. He walked out and people were like, is that sweat? What's yeah, going on yeah. with you, man? But I remember, uh, let's see, 2002, I was probably uh, 14 yeah, when yeah. I saw this movie. Even at that age, I walked out coming face to face with this idea of like, I don't know, the movie made me ask questions mm-hmm. about life as a whole yeah. and like, what does it mean to believe in God? Like, yeah. it, can you it do that? It sort of inadvertently shepherded you yep. in a teenage year. Yeah. yeah. And it, mm-hmm. I walked out of that theater uh, with a love for storytelling, mm-hmm. uh, a like awakened love for movies yeah. specifically but also with a realization that uh, movies have a special ability mm-hmm. without the director or writer even intending to, yep. to, like you said, shepherd you into asking questions mm-hmm. about... Like, I was drawn closer to my walk with the Lord. Yeah, as a result. From this guy who... Does, probably might, doesn't even Yeah, believe. probably doesn't follow yeah. Jesus. No, probably has no idea. But, like, I, I was so ready to mm-hmm. believe in God's sovereign hand, yeah, you know, absolutely. after I saw that movie. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I love those first time. I, I, I love hearing, that's part of it. Like part of it's going and experiencing it for yeah. the first time. And I think we've touched on a little bit as we were sharing our experiences, but like the question, why signs yeah. for this <clears throat> episode? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, one, what we just said, like for both of us, it kind of awoken this love for movies mm-hmm. or I know you love movies long before this because mm-hmm. you carried VHS tapes around like they were your best <laughs> friends but My like buddies. it heightened it for you yeah. and yeah the the themes that are talked about in this movie um, really it's questions that every human has to reckon with mm-hmm. which is you don't you don't have to go far in life before you come face to face with this challenging conundrum mm-hmm. of like I see things in my life and in the world that I don't understand mm. that cause me great pain yeah, and sure. evil is so apparent. Yeah. You don't have to go far to be aware of evil. Mm. So then the question is like, well, where's the good? Yeah. And if there is good, where does it come from? Like right. who's who's doing What's all this? Why is all of this happening? <clears throat> yeah. And signs just goes right for it, right, right for the neck. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, and ask those questions. It does. It's funny because at surface level, like you said, like you see the poster, you're like, man, this this is you know an alien invasion movie. Like it seems pretty basic, yeah. uh, which is which is great. But however, it's so much more nuanced, mm-hmm. and it contains a lot of layers to it. There's a lot going on underneath the surface if you're paying close attention. Yeah. Um, so. Right off the bat, what I like doing when watching a movie is unpacking the problem that we're presented. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the character going through? Like, what's 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 the you know the uh, 
the surroundings, like what's what's happening in the mm-hmm. environment, like what's what's causing some issues or hiccups. Yeah, because that I mean, <clears throat> in any story, that's the driving force yeah. of the conflict of like, yeah, you think what of, are we trying to solve here? Yeah, what's the issue that we're hoping to get resolution right. for at the end of this? Think of any big movie. Think of yeah. think of Star Wars. Think of Jaws. Think of mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Like they're they're setting up something in the intro. And introducing a problem like yep. with Jaws, it's a shark. And a lot of the times, it'll be the, <clears throat> the opening of the movie will be peaceful. I think yeah. Lord of the Rings, yeah. you know, like you see Frodo, you see the Shire, everything's peaceful and wonderful. And you get this small glimpse of like, this is what we want it to stay like. Yeah. Um, and even signs, you know, it opens up small family, right. farm, house, you know. Yep. But um, the the issue, what is the issue that mm-hmm. we're presented with yeah. in the, signs? The lead character, uh, his name is Graham Hess, and he's played brilliantly, I might add, by mm. uh, Mel Gibson. Um, <clears throat> he has a seemingly experienced tragedy because the only details we get in the setup is that he's basically a single dad raising two kids, uh, and his brother is there to help him with various tasks, mm-hmm. uh, including being there for the kids in case uh, he needs them. But So right off the bat, uh, much-needed accountability is present for the characters. Right. And it's, it's also revealed slightly later on that Graham is a former priest. Like You see things in mm-hmm. his house that allude to that. Uh, so something has happened to the point where he has basically abandoned his faith because of what you see in the house and you see in his demeanor. His whole right. his whole character is just... Yeah, and that, on you know, that one of the first <clears throat> opening shots is him brushing his teeth in the bathroom. Yeah. And you see this like faded imprint of a cross yep. on the wall that used to be there. Right. And it's in such a subtle, clear way of saying, hey, this guy lost his yeah. faith. Dead faith like, is present. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in the midst of you know, all that internal struggle, the family uh, wakes up one day to a massive crop circle <laughs> in their cornfield. The kids find it. What's going on? You know, and uh, even, uh, not Bo, what's his son's name? Uh Morgan. Morgan. Thank yeah, you, Morgan Hess. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> he's our uh, bystander he, here. He says, I think God did it. <clears throat> yeah. And he's like, did what, Morgan? And he points his mm-hmm. face to see, you know? Yeah, look. Uh, so there's an, an isolated vibe with big global circumstances seemingly at stake as both the mystery of the family backstory and, you know, the current cornfield crisis yeah. are looming over the audience. Yeah. As, as viewers were like, okay. We know something's happening yeah. to the main character and the family. Right. But we're also introduced to this massive crop circle. Yeah, and that's within like two and a half minutes. Yeah. Like right when the yeah. movie opens. Problem like, immediately. Okay, we see uh, abandoned faith. This guy's clearly struggling. He doesn't have a wife anymore, but mm-hmm. he's got these two kids. Yep. Big family issues. Yep. And the question already is looming over your head. What, what happened to get them in this current circumstance? Yeah. And then what happened to their crop field? Yeah, like exactly. why and that do that zoom out oh man with the score Overhead. starting to come yep. in. Um which fun fact mm. was real. Uh yeah, when you yeah. see that zoom out of that crop circle, yeah. the the crew did that. They made um it. Shyamalan was big into practical effects. Yep. He wanted it to feel as real as possible. So very minimal CGI mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah. A lot of responsibility too here because like you, you have a family who's on a farm, one. Right. So you got like this massive like upkeep with you know being a single dad, which yeah. is kind of I think why like one you want to help you want help raising kids, mm-hmm. so which is why he kind of roped in his brother, but also like just the upkeep. Of I got to run a farm exactly. Yeah. Like, you have so much to do. Like former priest, like trying to mm-hmm. figure out where he wants to go, what he wants to do. Like there's a lot of questions being asked in the beginning, right? Um, so leading from the problem uh, that we see introduced early is finding the redemptive arc in the story. Uh, we know yeah. that we we know a couple of things like there's some damaged 
goods going on. Mm-hmm. Like there's some there's something going on in the midst of like a global catastrophe. Yeah. Um, so there is a pivotal moment in mm-hmm. this movie that both of us absolutely love yeah. because it introduces but, some big ideas. So before that, mm-hmm. just a couple things. Yeah, there's yeah. like there's like these incredible moments where we um it the thing I love about this movie, all the discoveries are so subtle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so impactful. So there's there's like little hints. You know, he calls the cops. Someone needs to come yeah. out and look out what's right. going on. And uh, the police officer comes out there, and there's this moment. She continually calls him father, mm-hmm. you know, because he's a former priest. Yep. She goes, Father, why'd you call me out here? Father, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he says, Caroline, <laughs> please stop calling <laughs> stop me father. Calling me that. And it's a double meaning there Mm because he says, please, please stop calling me father. Meaning I'm not a priest anymore. Right. Then he says, I don't hear my children, you know, because the dog, the whole situation with the dog and he can't hear them talking anymore. Yeah. So it's this duality that's presented there where he's like, I'm feeling this abandoned abandonment from my heavenly father Mm -hmm. and I've abandoned him. Right. And now he's struggling with his own family. I want to be a father as well, but I'm feeling like I'm, you know, right. And you can tell he was like, it was like a, a remnant of like who he used to be yeah. versus who he is now based on his kid's reaction to right. who he is now. Yeah. And even when, you know, the dog, cause animals are acting funny in the oh, County, man. you know, oh, there's yeah, something going up. on and yep. animals are peeing on themselves yep. and acting hostile and stuff. Yeah. And their own dog tries to attack little Bo mm-hmm. and Morgan has to, you know, take him out. Yep. Yep. And, uh, even when, um, Graham tries to comfort Morgan, mm-hmm. he says, I'm so sorry, Morgan, Morgan yeah. grabs his hand and pulls it off his yeah. shoulder. He's like, because he's feeling distance from his right. dad too, and there's there's already these like incredibly subtle <laughs> parallels of like Graham feels distant from his heavenly father and is denying him, and then and the now children. his son because of that is feeling <clears throat> distant from him, and yeah, and so we're we're presented with these incredibly subtle but really profound, mm-hmm. painful conflicts yeah. where nothing seems to be cohesive mm-hmm. or um, redeemed yet, yeah. and you are already longing for it, yeah, you know, and so that's that's why. When we, you're already looking for the redemptive arc. You're sure. like, what? I want this family to be united. What's going to be the I turn want of the this tide? To have his faith back, yeah. you know. So, but yeah. So that that pivotal moment mm-hmm. on the couch scene. It's, it's legendary. My word. Yeah. Um, Good yeah. conversation. Convo between Graham and Merrill. Uh, yeah, they're Graham. watching a, a news reporting and. You're seeing sites of UFOs like over I forget which city. Mexico City. Yeah, yep. Mexico. And so you're seeing these visuals and. It sparks a conversation between Graham and his brother Merrill, which is he's portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix, which is both of them are just equally. They're perfect, dude. Yeah, they're great together. So it introduces a conversation between them, um, and the setup of this is one seeing the visuals on screen and Mm -hmm. trying to comprehend like what they're actually seeing, if it's a hoax, if it's real, if it's not. Uh, which paves Everything the way. they've written about in science books is yeah, about to change. Yeah. yeah, it paves the way for a conversation between Merrill and Graham mm-hmm. about coincidences versus miracles. Yeah, and the way um, Merrill opens it up, you know, they're just sitting in silence. Kids are asleep on their laps. Yeah, and Merrill says, "Some people are probably thinking this is the end of the world." Mm-hmm. And Graham goes, mm-hmm. "Yeah," and <laughs> doesn't comfort no, him at all. Just nothing. acknowledges it. <clears throat> yep, mm-hmm. and. Meryl says, do you think it could be? And he's like, yeah. And he goes, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And then so there's there's a moment where you see Meryl longing for his brother to be who he used a to be. A source of comfort. And he says, could, can't you be like how you used to be? Yeah. Provide some comfort. Yeah. It's and like it's, a backhand, like yeah. a backhand moment. Can you please just like, help for Can you just second? pretend? Yeah, yeah. And like help comfort me because can't you tell I'm really scared? Yeah. And so Meryl 
or uh, Graham yeah. opens up into this discussion of two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, what you have to ask yourself is what kind of person are you? Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of person who thinks everything's random, basically? Yeah, by chance. And everything's by chance, and people just get lucky, mm-hmm. you know? Or, and this is the, the moment, I mm-hmm. think the way the shot is set up, it almost looks like he's looking at the audience. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's saying what you have to ask yourself, mm-hmm. audience. Uh, is it possible that there are no coincidences? Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it and thinking, I have to ask myself that question. I think yeah. we all have to ask ourselves yeah, that question. Yeah. Like, when if, bad things happen. Yeah, if that's possible, yeah. that there's no such thing as a coincidence, mm-hmm. what does that imply? Right. Like, what does that mean? That there's a higher power. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Merrill's funny response. Yeah, he gives a story about being a miracle man it's really great <laughs> yeah you should a miracle see it. Like man. he's he's he believes in miracles and then by the end of the conversation uh graham like half-heartedly says well there you go there there's, you go there, there's your comfort do you feel comforted yeah he's like yeah he's like okay well there you go like it's, it's but then it's meryl such, asks him yeah you know which, well what which type are you yeah and he te- this is the first time you hear about his wife yeah you know and he says when she was dying and you're mm-hmm. like how did she die yeah. like it's it's, it's unpacking kind of, it for you confusing yeah and he basically she says all these things graham you need to see mm-hmm. meryl swing away yeah and uh and she even says tell Bo and and uh take morgan care of each other. take care of each other yeah. listen to your big brother yeah and he just chalks it up to neurons firing in her brain yeah. whatever it was all random yeah. yeah it was just random yeah. meant nothing yeah and then he ends by saying there's no one watching out for yeah. us we're alone and you're like oh yeah so you Not, just robbed him of comfort. Yeah, I was gonna again, say you, you know? took away the comfort yeah, once again. Yeah. So he's battling this constantly. Yeah. Um so in that conversation, you're you're fully given a glimpse into who Graham is. Yep. Or who he is now. Yeah. You don't you get remnants of who he was, but you There's this the, is where he is now. The childlike faith of Merrill. Yep. Where he just goes I'm a miracle man. All it took for me was this simple, dumb thing that yeah. happened in my life, and I'm a miracle man. Yeah, That's absolutely. who I am, and those lights are a miracle. Right. God's doing something. Yeah. And Graham goes, nah. I've had too much pain, yeah. and I reject it. Right. No one's watching out for us. Yeah. I think that yeah. that kind of also introduces some like allegorical components, because I, I do think, and again, like whether or not M. Night Shyamalan uh, intended this, I do think that there are some strong, heavy spiritual warf- warfare themes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because one, like, we kind of feel isolated because we're with this family on this farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then internally... We know that Graham, the lead character, is feeling the same way. Like he feels yeah. alone, isolated. And so, um, in the midst of his tragedy, in the midst of experiencing the passing of his wife and, and you know, being there for her dying breath, uh, in the midst of that, the enemy's purpose is to remind you of your failures yep. and your shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that is one of his key, key strategies, strategies is yeah. to isolate, to make you feel alone. Yep. Even with the Lord, make yep. you feel like God doesn't see you. He's not with you. He hasn't heard you. Yep. And what happens here in this story uh, is that in the midst of an extraterrestrial invasion, <laughs> right? Which on the surface, I think it is an extraterrestrial invasion, but there's a little more to it. I feel because what's your theory, Chan? Well, I just think that there's you don't really see alien encounters outside of news clippings, right? And so in in my head, when I when I first saw it, I didn't think this, but over time, I was like. I think there's way more to this, and it could be like a demonic attack. Yeah. And that aliens are a representation of demonic yep. activity. Yeah. Um, because when a man who is a shepherd of a flock has abandoned what he's been called yep. to, 
I think the enemy. I mean, you already have a target on your back yeah. when you're when you're in that role. But now's our chance, especially after kick when him you while give he's it down. up. Yep, yeah, beat him while he's down. Yeah, um, and I think um, this is the great irony of the movie. Is so let's run with that idea. Let's say yeah. it's it's the enemy, mm-hmm. or even if it's an allegory, this is the enemy swooping in to kick you while you're down. Yeah, uh, is the very thing that here's the spoiler of the ending yeah. that gives Graham his faith again. Right, he has to. He comes face to face with this reality, mm-hmm. and I think I mean that's just the story we see in scripture over and over again. I mean, especially with Joseph when he says it point blank, you know what what the enemy meant for evil, God meant God for, made good. for good. Yeah, and so and you know we get that in Romans eight as well, where it's like mm-hmm. God works all things for the together for the good him. of those who love Him, and so there's this idea that like even on the enemy's best day, yeah. when he's trying to tear you down and make yeah. you feel isolated, he's unintentionally working. For the Lord. The yeah. Lord is like using what the enemy's doing right. to, to call us closer to himself. Now, does it take away the pain? Absolutely no not. No way. But I think in, especially for this character, like Graham is finally, like he's paying attention to the, to the significance of that tragic event in his life. And that's why it serves him in the present. Yeah. Uh, and that, incredible. That, that's incredible another interesting away. thing is that um, a lot of times... It's not just the steady pain that you feel throughout your life, but there a lot of times people have this one moment. They moment. go, "This was the most painful thing that happened in my yeah. life," and we return to that pretty regularly. Sure. I remember this this moment. Yeah, and Graham continues to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't imagine the pain of of losing my wife, my spouse. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I mean, if that happened, I'd be thinking about it all the time. Oh, You'd yeah. be grieving that for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Um, and he continues to go back to that and to find. I mean, the miracle, the real mm-hmm. miracle is that he can, by the end of the movie, he sees that moment yeah. as when God was speaking to him most clearly yeah. in the most painful time of his life. Dude, even in subtle moments of just like talking to his son and like seeing, seeing like, because <sighs> his son has asthma and uh, there's a pivotal moment in the movie where, in the movie where you, you think that that's going to be to his demise yeah. and it, it doesn't. And uh, Mill's basically having, or Graham is having a conversation with God in the moment. He's like, it's, it can't be, yeah. it can't be luck. That he yeah. had asthma. It can't be like Yeah, and he repeats oh, that to himself. And so he's and like, you you see glimpses oh of God. of Graham, Mel Gibson's character talking to God throughout the movie, and you're like, who's he? Who's he, who's talking? he talking? Like, what's to? going on here? Yeah. So he still has a prayer life in a way too. Like yep. He's still talking to God. And when he finally, you know, in the basement scene, mm-hmm. uh, Morgan's having an asthma attack. Yep. His medicine's upstairs, but there's aliens up there. We can't go get it. Yeah. And he's saying, "Don't do this. Yeah. Don't, Don't do this. Do this again." And. Uh, you're like, is he talking to Morgan? Mm-hmm. And when he says, I hate you, yeah, I hate you, yeah. and he says it twice, you realize he's he's praying to God, mm-hmm. and he finally admits, I don't actually not believe in you. Right. I'm not an atheist. Yeah. I'm just, just angry. Super mad. I'm an angriest. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm yeah. so mad at what you did. Yeah, you took and my, my, my wife. He didn't abandon his belief in God. Mm-hmm. He, he just turned his back on God yeah. out of anger. Yeah. But the great irony is that finally admitting... I hate you mm-hmm. was the moment that he turned. Yeah. That he was like, I'm admitting that you're there. Yeah. Um, and when, dude, the ending, mm. when the, the alien gives him, the, like, pumps the gas, poisonous yeah. gas into yeah. Morgan's face. Yeah. And, you know, Graham is praying over him, mm-hmm. saying his lungs were closed. Yep. That's why he had asthma. That's why right. he had asthma. It can't be luck. And then when he comes to mm-hmm. and Morgan says, Dad, yeah, did somebody save me? Yep. And everybody's crying. Oh, dude. And Graham goes, yeah, baby, I think somebody did. <sighs> oh. Yeah, mm, it, choking it, up it, now. That 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 uh, 
that redemption that you're longing for happens yeah. in one little moment outside the house. Um, but man, so many gospel takeaways, so yeah. many great conversations in the movie that are alluding to different things. Yeah. Uh, the, I think, I think the very first thing I thought of, uh, when, when even thinking about this episode was a verse that stood out. And so like the gospel takeaway here, uh, for me is it, I automatically go to John sixteen thirty three, mm. um, which says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulations. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. Yep. Uh, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Yeah. It's greater than the world. And so when you're flooded with doubt, similar to what's going on with the lead character because of what you've been through, uh, pay attention to those signs and miracles in your life. Uh, most importantly, if you've been through something tragic or challenging and the enemy wants to hold you, in the weight of that, while consistently reminding you of your, of your past, all you have to do in that moment is remind him of his future. Hmm. Uh, he's lost. Uh, we know that uh, the story ends in a way that is leading to us, you know, being with Jesus. Like we will be with our refuge, our caregiver and comforter. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's that's it. Like trials, tribulations. Like mm-hmm. be reminded that we are going to experience them, but remind the enemy, you know, what what he's. You know where yeah. he's where he's headed. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> that's, like, that's um, I think you know, in terms of the movie, if we're yeah. going with the analogy of spiritual warfare, yeah. the end is there's even this analogy of baptism. Yeah. You know, um, or Your holy life. water. Yeah. You know, because Bo's little tick with her water stuff. Yeah. The the aliens have to flee the planet, right? Because they, you know, they, apparently they didn't have water. Which come on. wherever the come the came water. From. Yeah. Holy water. <laughs> holy come water. On. It's so it's good. A, it's Italian. Um. But yeah, it's like they had to flee because of resistance. Mm-hmm. And there's this promise we're given in Scripture. It's like we need to flee from sin, resist, but resist the mm-hmm. enemy, and yeah. he will flee from you. Yeah. And so when you when you have the water of life, mm-hmm. and we have this source where we will never thirst again, right? And the enemy comes face to face with that, where you go, I'm not going to resist you in my own power. I'm going to resist you in the power of the Holy Spirit by banking on the promises that I have from God, mm-hmm. that he's overcome you already, and that I have nothing to fear from you. Like right. That means that we can resist the enemy, mm-hmm. and he will flee. That's yeah. a promise. And so we see that at the end of the movie, you know, like all of them have to run away yeah. because... And there's a lift. Like yeah. there is a... Because oh, there's, there's, a, the there's score, oppression. Like there is yeah. a constant oppression in the movie. And when you reach the end and you feel... Like you've, yep. you physically feel... The lift. And that coincides directly with, like, right when they have to leave, Mm -hmm. Graham's faith is restored. That final pan of the camera, you know, final scene of the movie, uh, Graham puts his priestly garb back on, you know. He's restored. And and he leaves the house, and you hear kids laughing in the background. Like, that conflict was originally... Yeah, you hear his kids. He's a father again in both ways. Yeah. And he's reunited with his heavenly father. I yeah. mean, it's just like this beautiful redemption mm-hmm. that happens because of tragedy yeah. and the fight that we have with mm-hmm. our own sin, with our own hating of the Lord and the enemy fighting yeah. with us. When we resist all of that and we we desire to run closer to our father, mm-hmm. there's only joy and contentment and and hope that can come yeah. from that. And, you know, you, you thought of John 16, yeah, yeah. but uh, what came to my mind is Job's story. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Of just like Suffering. incredible pain. Mm-hmm. And when he finally, kind of like uh, Graham in the basement, yeah, turns to the Lord and to goes, him. what are you doing? Yeah. Like he's angry with him. Oh, yeah. And Job turns to the Lord and is like, 
kind of explain yourself to me. Like, right. what are you doing? And God turns to him and says, uh, you know, like, have you told lightning where to strike? Do you move the stars in the sky? And does simple math with Job Yeah. of like, can you do these things? <laughs> and Job is like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like, I'm not, you're, in, I'm not in control. You're masterfully in control mm-hmm. of your universe yeah. and our stories and every moving molecule, everything that's going on. Yeah. And so Job's response mm-hmm. in the start of chapter 42, Job 42, yeah. it says, Job answered Yahweh and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Mm. Uh, therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, mm. which I did not know. And he concludes saying, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Yeah. Like I, I see how majestic and other and holy you are. Mm. And his conclusion in verse 6 is to repent. And I, I actually don't think he's repenting of sin so much as repenting of thinking that, oh, I'm capable of understanding God's ways. Sure. I, just explain it to me and I'll yeah. understand. Yeah. And God's like, you can't fathom yeah. what I'm doing. Right. So yeah, like that that underlying message that we see in the movie of when you come face to face with the reality in your life, mm. uh, there are things outside of my control. Yeah. Um, what kind of person are you? Are you the person that's going to think this is all random and right. that there's there's no way I can control it? So I guess the only thing is to conclude that there's no one watching out for us. Mm. Or is it possible there are no coincidences? Yeah. Meaning there is a God who is masterfully in control. He's working in our waiting. He's he's working in our waiting. Yeah. And even when the enemy is devising schemes and mm. plans to completely destroy you, what the enemy means for evil, God means for good, and He is powerful enough to actually pull that off. Yeah. So there's there's two options. There's fear of the world or yeah. fear of God. And when we turn to fear of, of God as the one who is sovereign in control, yeah. uh, hope, peace, contentment, joy all flow out of that. Yeah. Um, and the movie gives us that conclusion. It does. You know, it's like, here's here's the option. When you turn to that, look at what you can have. Yeah. Redemption. You know? It's a great full circle movie moment. Yeah. And it, here's a nerd thing. Like it's it's a parallel because like one of the first shots we get is Graham in his bathroom, like Johnny said earlier, mm-hmm. and you get like a you know leftover shadow of a cross that was on the wall, kind of thing, dust and all that. And he's in his bathrobe, like he's just like starting starting the day, <laughs> like I'm just done. Like and then by the end of it, he's yeah. getting he comes out of the bathroom. It's the same shot, and he's getting his his garment on, and he's putting mm-hmm. his, his his suit on. Uh, it's a great parallel. It's and the music too, like because the music in the intro, you're like, is this really ominous yeah. and freaky? Well, like in that scene in the intro, it's silent. There's no score. Yeah, yeah. it's just quiet. Yeah. Um, by the end, it's like the 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 score oh, is man. altered. The strings are swelling, yeah. and it's just like so. Hopeful. It's the same kind of vibe that you get in the intro, like with the music and the intense score, mm-hmm. but it's just altered. Oh man! And it gives life. Like it's a it's a redeeming. Let's moment. push play on it right now. Yeah, let's, let's, let's watch, watch it, again. it again for like what the hundred and one time. It will be hundred and one. Well over hundred and fifteen times for me. That That's I've seen great. This movie. Well, <laughs> what we always want to do in the midst of talking about a movie that could be you know, a great parallel to, to what we believe in scripture, uh, and what we put our faith in, um, is we want to do a family watch rating and a gospel lens rating. So Um, what, what do those mean? What does a family watch rating would be? Yeah. It's basically like if content, content, yeah, content, that kind of thing, appropriate for kids, appropriate for a family viewing on a Friday night, whenever your movie night would Mm be, uh, gospel lens rating is basically like, (laughs) How clearly does how, this communicate? Yeah, yeah. What what is it communicating, and how clearly is it yeah. communicating a, a direct pathway to like scripture and redemption? And yeah. All that? Um, so, 
my direct immediate response for a family watch rating, because there's some thrills, there's some intense moments, there's mm-hmm. some intense conversations, uh, some scares, uh, and this is out of five, like, you know, five being uh, the most appropriate, one right. being the yeah. least appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so family watch rating, I would probably give it a three out of five. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Based on And that would and be, stuff. you know, um, most of the content in the movie is good yeah and safe yeah but there are some intense there's just some intense stuff yeah and the questions that it's wrestling with are so are big i mean 14 and up yeah I would say. absolutely yeah like if you really want to grab grapple with what's going on in this movie i think it's a it's a pretty intense movie so yeah yeah i'd agree three out of five yeah what do you think about gospel ends um, gospel i mean the answer is pretty <laughs> obvious it's five out of five i'm gonna give it a five out of five yeah as well. this is uh if you if you want to watch a movie that will clearly cause you to desire the gospel and yeah. be enchanted with the uh the beauty of redemption mm-hmm. uh, this movie knocks it out of the park it's so. a direct yeah it's a direct line for that yeah for sure. absolutely um well that's great this this process is something we want to continue pursuing while giving you some helpful takeaways uh from the stories we love uh, and we think you'll love them too especially when you apply uh, the gospel lens to your viewing experience mm-hmm. um one thing we always love doing is giving you the option of sharing your story with us so right now you can go online uh, to fellowshipgreenwood.org forward slash share my story where you'll be guided through a, a simple sharing process with a few questions. Uh, we recognize that there is some sensitivity and vulnerability that goes along with sharing, but we embrace transparency as a community of grace and welcome your story as we're all a part of God's story of hope and redemption. And proclaiming these life change moments connects us and makes us feel like family. Mm-hmm. A communal faith is very familial, familial and vulnerable. Uh, so you can share now at fellowshipgreenwell.org forward slash share my story. And we look forward to hearing from you and sharing that testimony with others. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks. See you. The Jesus on Display podcast is produced right here at Fellowship Greenville in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Follow and share this podcast with anyone who might be interested or curious about our church community or how storytelling unites us and helps us feel more connected. To actively keep up with what's going on at our church, head to our website at fellowshipgreenville.org. Follow us on all social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for tuning in. Grace and peace to you for your week, and we'll see you next time.